Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Ryan Sullivan, who's been battling Crohn's disease since the age of 14. She's here to share her journey with IBD from flare-ups to remission and how she's taken control of her health and her family's health through fitness and nutrition. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ryan, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I'm excited to, to have you on the show. It wasn't that long ago that you reached out to me and I got to hear just a little bit about your story and I thought I have to have you on. So I am so glad that you're here today. And as you know, you've been listening to some of the podcasts. So I like to start off by asking my guests to share their IBD story. So why don't you go ahead and start by talking about your Crohn's diagnosis and what led up to that? Um, so I was actually originally diagnosed at 14, um, and that was 20 years ago now. Um, and, you know, what kind of led up to my diagnosis was pain, diarrhea. <laughs> um, I mean, I would eat, and not even 20 minutes later, it was, you know, time to head into the bathroom. Uh, my mom actually thought I was bulimic. Uh, I thought I was going in and throwing up and I, you know, had to try to convince her otherwise. Um, and being 14, it's like such a, it's a hard thing. Um, you know, even for her as a mom, um, well, it's just hard to be 14 anyways. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I started losing a lot of weight. Um, and I just was seriously fatigued. Uh, so what eventually got me into the doctor's office and with a diagnosis, um, I ended up with a uh, perianal fissure mm-hmm. um, and an abscess. So high fever, um, you know, along with all the stomach pain that I had been having, um, you know, they operated and that's when they decided to go ahead and do a colonoscopy and discover that I had both Crohn's and colitis. Wow. So... Yeah. So how does how does that work with Crohn's and colitis? Are they able to distinguish kind of the disease patterns or the symptoms that you have as far as what flares up when? Uh, not really. I mean, I wouldn't know the difference between Crohn's or colitis as far as my symptoms go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for them, it was more of seeing it in both the large and small intestine, and they were mm-hmm. able to, they were able to determine that you know it was both. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, from there, I was on and off medications, steroids. Um, I did 6MP and I flagell as well. Um, and being 14, you know, I didn't really want to take medication. I, you know, wanted to live my life and pretend that it didn't exist. Um, so that's kind of what I did for most of high school in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, the, the medication just made me feel terrible. So I feel like sometimes we as Crohn's patients would rather deal with the symptoms of the disease versus Mm -hmm. the symptoms that are caused by, um, you know, the medications. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
my parents actually divorced a couple years later, mm-hmm. uh, which threw me into just this stress ball. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to finish up high school and kind of manage my disease, um, which I really wasn't doing <laughs> at the time. And still through medication, correct? I really wasn't taking it. So I had it and I was supposed to be taking it. And the nurse actually um, was calling me down during school hours to take it. And I think that that was my only dose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, something that was taken two or three times a day and I was taking it once, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if even that. And just because of the, the side effects of symptoms you were getting from the medication that you were talking about before? Yeah. And I, kinda, mm-hmm. I grew up in a family where you didn't always just jump for medication. So I feel like it was, I was kind of waiting for somebody to guide me on how to manage this in another way because I felt crappy, no pun intended. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, but once my parents divorced, um, I decided that I wasn't going to finish high school. I transferred to another high school where they needed less credits to graduate. Um, I did graduate there early mm-hmm. um, in a full flare, did not walk mm-hmm. with my class, which is awful because I went to school with these kids since I was in kindergarten. Wow. Um, but at the time, it was like there was just too much going on that it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, I started working full time, got my own apartment, and um, just I was in the restaurant industry picking up French fries, um, probably drinking (laughs) more than I should, um, you know, and at that point I ended up into another serious flare. And when I'm paying my own bills, uh, that's just not something that you can afford. Yeah. So, um, I ended up asking my parents for help paying rent while I stayed in bed for probably two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And my aunt, who kind of follows like a holistic route in general, she's a Reiki master, a massage therapist, you know, she's kind Mm -hmm. of really in tune with that kind of stuff. Um, She brought attention to my attention, this book called The Maker's Diet. It's by Mm -hmm. Jordan Rubin, you know, suffered from Crohn's and kind of went back to, you know, the old days and what people used to eat back then with a lot of soil and you know, good things in the ground. Not that I would eat any soil now because it's all cold. (laughs) Very different soil these days. (laughs) Um, But that book really kind of just kicked off my journey of, I'm going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to reduce my inflammation from within and see what happens because I can't afford to be out of work. I need to be at work. I need to be working. I need to be enjoying my social life. You know, I was 18. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's young. Uh, I ended up doing a round of Remicade or a couple rounds of Remicade. I don't really remember just because it was so long ago. Um, And that did put me into a brief remission. Mm -hmm. uh, But I fell out. And I was kind of back at square one once again, not being able to pay my bills. Um, I mean, I was sleeping on the like the booths in the restaurant. Yeah. in between tables because I was so fatigued and nobody else understands, you know, unless you yeah. have Crohn's, you can't I think, relate. I think the fatigue is really something that, you know, people who don't have Crohn's will 
will hear fatigue and it's like, oh yeah, I've been fatigued. And it's like, no, you haven't. Like when you no. cannot pick your feet up to walk up a stair or yes. it's so different. Right. And, and not even just that. It's like, I feel like you also forget about the gut brain connection. And when your gut isn't functioning properly, neither is your brain. So you just are sad and depressed and like, why is this happening to me? And then you're dealing with the pain of your gut and then you're tired on top of it and you look okay. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Um, so, you know, from there, uh, I decided, you know, I wasn't going to worry about the Remicade again because I had fallen out. That wasn't going to work. And, you know, I buckled down into that book and what I learned. Mm -hmm. And I started taking aloe vera pills, um, like capsules, mm -hmm. and kind of just went back to eating things that were super easy to digest, mm -hmm. things that my body didn't have to work hard to do. Um, organic, did a lot of soups. You know, and I was 19 at this point and kind of just cooking on my own and buying what I needed to to make sure that I could feed my body properly. Um, and I was able to retrieve remission um, within that year. Wow. So by 19, I was in remission. And I feel like remission is always like something we have to use lightly because mm -hmm. even though I say I'm in remission now, I still have symptoms. Like there are mm -hmm. times when something pops up or, you know, you, you're going to the bathroom more that day or mm -hmm. whatever it may be. We still have those symptoms, even though I'm claiming remission. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and remission doesn't mean that just everything goes out the window, that everything now you're like the rest of the world and you can eat what you want and do what you want. I mean, right. remission is such a, a different term for us, I guess. I mean, it's, it's finding that way to, to be able to be happy and healthy and go through the day and survive right. the day. And, and so it, it can with as few be, symptoms yeah, as, as we can as <laughs> possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, from there, I, uh, lived a great life. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me and, about what were some of the foods that you started to eat? You said you focused on foods that were easy to digest. What was kind of that transition year like for you to really getting back your health? So definitely the aloe. That was a big, mm -hmm. big thing. Um, I really think that that was number one. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of, I'd made a lot of but like butternut squash soups, ate a lot of sweet potato. Mm -hmm. um, I did the golden milk. I still do the golden milk. Um, and and describe just, that for people who don't know what that is. Golden milk. Mm -hmm. It's um, to, I use almond milk, but a lot of people use coconut milk. Turmeric black pepper, which helps you absorb the turmeric, um, and ginger, and then some cinnamon. Am I forgetting anything? <laughs> I think that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Um, and I still do that. And, and that's been a game changer too. Mm -hmm. Just trying to figure out ways and foods, learning about foods that reduce your inflammation. I mean, I think that that's just such a big deal. Um, so that's kind of the route that I went and it wasn't until I had my first child that I went out of remission mm -hmm. and, you know, 
um, which happens that, you know, I've heard, heard other women say the same thing, yeah. um, you know, have a child and sometimes you can fall out of remission. Your nutrients are going elsewhere. I was breastfeeding mm-hmm. um, and she was premature. So I was stressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was 22. So I was a young mom um, and I had a great husband. Um, and a lot of help, but you know, being a new mom at 22 is scary. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I ended up having, you know, a lot of stomach pain again, which is always the first indicator for me mm-hmm. is just, you know, that's how I know that I'm falling out of remission because, um, I just have that distinct Crohn's pain that mm-hmm. only Crohn's people know yeah. it feels like. <laughs> I seriously say it's like a contraction. Yeah. I because believe- yeah. You have I've, to breathe through it. <laughs> yeah. I've never had a contraction, but I've had the Crohn's pain. And well, I would if you ever have a contraction, <laughs> you I'd, ever have a contraction, you'll be, yeah. able to, uh, get, I'll be like, that's get through the Crohn's it. pain. I always <laughs> describe it like barbed wire just wrapped around everything or just as if you swallowed shattered glass and it's just really going is. the entire system. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, it was kind of just getting back to basics and not putting too much in my body in general. Um, so at that point, I stopped breastfeeding because I needed to take care of myself so that I could take care of my child um, and just, you know, limited what I was eating altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, basically back then it was fasting, but I didn't really know that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, I think that that just helps your body rest and your gut rest and heal and do what it needs to do. Um, And then I kind of went back to just eating how I was eating before, Um, but just introducing a lot of teas, you know, I'll do turmeric tea, um, I'll do dandelion tea. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was at that point too, just because I had a lot of knowledge just in those four years of getting into remission and then having my child, um, I had learned a lot about how to reduce inflammation. Mm-hmm. So, so tell, me, tell me a little bit more, go into a little bit more detail about how your diet had kind of progressed to where you found yourself, you know, being pregnant and having your baby and then kind of going back into the flare. Talk to me a little bit about how your diet had changed. Like, had you brought in a lot of different foods? Um, had your diet kind of expanded? And then how was it that you tapered it all back? And what were those basics that you went back to? I don't know if I could pinpoint anything that I had changed at that point um, to put me, you know, to get have for me to have symptoms again. Mm-hmm. Other than the stress. Uh, yeah, I think honestly, just the pregnancy itself yeah. was enough to kind of, you know, make me feel that way again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really for me just getting back into remission or having fewer symptoms was just that gut rest, mm-hmm. golden milk. Um, at that point, I was drinking aloe vera, which I do still do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really think I changed a whole lot um, during pregnancy and then afterwards that would have put me out of remission. I think it was honestly just the stress of having, you know, a child, premature child. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the 
toll that pregnancy takes on your body just itself, mm-hmm. you know, moving around your intestines and all yeah. of that. I think they kind of get, you know, they get shifted and then they have to figure out how to get back there. And I think that, you know, maybe there's a possibility you inflame and that's yeah. just my theory, but <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, I stayed in remission again for another four years, mm-hmm. um, until I had my second child and, you know, same exact thing, same exact situation, um, handled it the same way, had another two years later, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I handled that the same thing I have in the past, just gut rest, um, and trying to take in as many anti-inflammatory nutrients and herbs and spices that I possibly could. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I'm lost for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me me a little bit more about your diet because you've been diligent with it and really made a conscious effort to make it a way of life, but you've also got a family. So how do you, uh, tell me a little bit about your diet now what that looks like and how you're balancing that with your family are they eating the same foods or do you do different things for them or or with them so for the kids i do try to let them be kids Mm -hmm. um, but to an extent so we do eat a lot of we only eat grass-fed you know unless we're going out for dinner or we're at somebody else's house um then we'll have whatever they're having, obviously, because we're not rude. (laughs) um, Light guests. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think it's weird when people bring their own food, unless you're in the, in a flare and you feel comfortable enough doing so. But, um, you know, as for the family, we eat, um, you know, I really try to stick to the dirty dozen and the clean 15 for fruits and vegetables. Um, just so that we're not taking in too many herbicides and pesticides and Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, Because, you know, there's plenty of studies out there that show that that's terrible for your gut. Um, And I just, (laughs) yeah. Um, The kids, you know, I'll let them have goldfish. They can have goldfish. Mm -hmm. We'll have ice cream. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. unless, you know, it's, maybe that time of the month and I feel like having a bowl of ice cream, then I will. Um, but we have a very balanced and healthy diet. Um, and, you know, I think that that kind of would lead me into Ashton um, just because as a mom, you think you're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And here I have the kids taking a probiotic. I have them taking a multivitamin. I have them eating organic fruits and vegetables and grass-fed meats. And unfortunately, um, you know, that I wasn't do, I was doing all I could, yeah. but genetics play a big role. And my eight-year-old has, our eight-year-old has just been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Um, so, you know, that's, that was a tough one and that's, it's still so recent and fresh Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that's a struggle. What was the news like for her to get that diagnosis? Because obviously she's been around you, (laughs) you know, and watching you. And I'm sure that there's certain things you've probably told your kids, but what was it like for her, for her to get that diagnosis at eight and then kind of tell me about your your plan, I guess, going forward? So I think for Ashton, I don't, I, 
it's hard to say. I don't really think that she looks at it as a scary thing Mm -hmm. only because she knows that I have it and she's never seen me in the hospital. She's Mm -hmm. never seen me, you know, there's been a couple of times where I've been couch ridden Mm -hmm. um, for a week and, you know, even just walking up the stairs hurts your intestines. Um, but I don't really think she, I don't think she's scared by it. And I have asked her, um, and she does say that the only thing that she's scared of is ending up in the hospital. And I said, well, I can't guarantee that that's never going to happen, but -hmm. we're going to do our best to make sure that that doesn't. Um, and you know, she's currently hopefully ending a flare at this point, um, which her flares are different. And I think it's different maybe when you're so young. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she flares, which we now know is a flare first, we thought it was constipation and we took mm-hmm. her to the pediatrician and the pediatrician says it's so normal for kids. And I'm like, not my kid because my kid eats healthy. How, yeah. She's Why would she be constipated? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and to me, it's like, it, it, there's, it's always deeper than that. You know, it's not just constipation. It's like, what is causing it? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, at this point um, with this flare, she, you know, gets this constipation and it's usually like five or six days of barely going. Oh, wow. um, Kind of, you know, she's like leaking a lot Mm -hmm. um, and just a lot of stomach pain. and you can imagine the toll that having those toxins in your body takes on you from like a energy standpoint. She's just super fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's so stinks to watch just yeah. because it's different to advocate for yourself. Um, and then to try to advocate for somebody else, you just hope and pray that you're making the right decisions and you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, because our goal is to make sure that she is not on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want her doing a biologic. I don't want any of that in her system. We don't know what that's going to do in the long run. Yeah. Am I totally against it if that's truly necessary and we've exhausted all out? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but for now, I think that it's just having that super open dialogue with her pediatrician and her GI doctor, um, which I was very straightforward and just said, listen, we want to go the holistic route here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want you to know that I'm educated on that. And I want you to speak to me like that because that's how we want to do things. And it wasn't to, I felt like you have to tread lightly there because you don't want to make some, uh, you know, it's a doctor. They're obviously super intelligent. We get that. But um, you know, how, they're just trained in a different way. How did they respond to that? Were they receptive and open to it or were they? She was actually awesome. She really? was really, she was really awesome. And even our pediatrician, because I've always been that way, like the kids don't get the flu shot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not an anti-vaxxer and that's fine, <laughs> you know, whatever I, to each yeah. their own. Um, but the flu shot to me is like, if you have a strong immune system and you're putting the right things in your body, then we're not really going to bother with that. So the mm-hmm. pediatrician already kind of knows that that's where I come from. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, she kind of gets it. Whereas the GI trying to explain that to her, 
um, without her looking at me like I was crazy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, was something, but she was great with it. And she understood. She's like, listen, I understand what you went through. And I, cause I explained, you know, my story and how I was on medicine and didn't do anything for me. Um, if anything, it did, it made me feel sicker. Um, so she was okay with it. She was that's okay awesome. with it. Now that's right now. We haven't yeah. done anything because of the COVID. So, yeah, you very know, true. We'll, uh, we'll see once the time comes. And she hasn't had a scope yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be enlightening. And same with her blood work. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just interested to see how that all plays out. Yeah. Um, and what her, and, you know, I think that having this break with um, the coronavirus and not being able to get in there gives us the opportunity to kind of pay attention to what's going in her body, yeah. truly figure it out. Um, and 24-7, she's, yeah. she's not at school eating other people's candy. Yes. Or <laughs> yes, yes. And that's the thing. That's the hard thing is when they're kids, it's like she's, she's a brother and a sister. Yeah. And so it's been an adjustment for them too because um, – you know, I still want them to be able to have fun and be kids, but I'm like, well, you can't have ice cream tonight because you had it last night and Ashton can't have it. So we're just going to skip it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they get it. They, they've been actually, they've been good with it. So That's awesome. Those are good lessons to learn when you're a kid though, because then when you're an adult, it's easier to say, I don't need the ice cream every day. <laughs> um, I did catch my 12 year old daughter putting, um, I made like uh, organic simple syrup for margaritas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I see her pour a glass of ginger ale, which mm-hmm. we don't keep soda in the house, but it was over at my mother-in-law's place and she brought it over. And I see her pouring the simple syrup in the ginger ale. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> no. I'm like, dump that down the drain right now. Do you know what that does to your body? And I'm like, I, these kids probably think I'm totally nuts, but they also get it. Which um, is good. So yeah, it is a good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk to me about fitness because I know that's played a big role in your remission and just journey overall. So tell me a little bit how how that has been in your life and how it's played a role in managing IBD. Um, That was kind of something that was instilled from such a young age. My mom ran marathons and uh, was always just super active. So fitness was just something that was a part of our lives. We rode our bikes all the time. Um, You know, my dad was the kind of person that, you know, if it was nine o'clock and your face wasn't washed and your teeth weren't brushed and you weren't ready to get out the door, that, you know, he was in a panic and, you know, up my butt for lack of a better term. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, So I think that that's just something that's always been a part of my life. Um, At this point, I just feel like it keeps me sane Mm -hmm. uh, with having children and just using that. That's like my excuse to get away. Mm -hmm. And, um, breathe. I love Pilates and that's something new to my life. Um, just the chance to take in deep breaths and exhale and also get in a workout is so awesome. Yeah. 
Um, such a huge stress relief component to that. And especially as you've talked about it, it kind of sounds like a lot of the flare-ups you have had are stress-related. And so it's easy to forget how much of a difference exercise or just physical movement can make with reducing stress and giving us a moment to breathe and, and relax and just just be. Yes, it's true. Um, I just try to get in a little mix of like breathing outside and you know, some Pilates and lifting heavier weights. And I do some HIIT workouts too, just to get mm -hmm. my lungs moving. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I just think that that's such a big deal. And even Ashton, you know, with her recent diagnosis, I'm like, come on, let's go get your body <laughs> moving. You know, not currently because of her flare, because she might poop her pants, but, yeah. you know. We've all been there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, don't jump rope. <laughs> what, um, what kind of advice would you have for other moms who maybe have a child with IBD, whether a new diagnosis or maybe someone who's had it for a while, but what kind of other advice would you give to moms? Uh, follow your podcast, for one. <laughs> Seriously, because it's, it really is super insightful. And I think it's so important for people to hear others' stories because everybody's Crohn's story is so different. Um, but I also, you know, would say, um, I, I really just think getting involved in the community and yeah. especially if you don't have Crohn's yourself, which hopefully they don't, um, learning the disease itself and what causes it and knowing that inflammation can be reduced with diet mm -hmm. um, and supplementation. I mean, I have Ashton taking, um, it's called ProTandem NRF2 and I take it, I've been taking it for about eight years now mm -hmm. and it's a blend of turmeric, ashwagandha, bacopa, um, it's got the black pepper in there so that you're mm -hmm. absorbing the turmeric and green tea extract. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And, and it's kind of like all of those anti-inflammatory um, antioxidants in one bang. Mm -hmm. So I crush it up and I put it in a little chocolate mold, throw it in the refrigerator, and she eats that every day. And that's new. So, you know, mm -hmm. I've been taking it, but for her, that's new. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. But I think just making sure that if you want to learn the disease and figure out a different way so that your child does not have to be or yourself on medication for the rest of your life or their lives, um, learn to talk to the doctors openly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for kids, making a food, a food journal is very important. I have Ashton doing that. Um, just so that she can go back and circle, you know, if my stomach hurt today and two days ago, what was it that I ate that, you know, made my stomach hurt when mm -hmm. I'm in a flare water hurts my stomach. So that <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work for everybody. But I also think it's important for kids to learn without it being scary, that it's something that they can control too. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that food is medicine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's great advice. Tell me a little bit more. You've mentioned a few times kind of your uh, foods that you'll go to for reducing inflammation or just foods or supplements. So just kind of recap, what are some of your top go-to foods or supplements for reducing inflammation? So I still take aloe vera. Um, 
every day, two mm -hmm. ounces. I have Ashton doing the same. Um, I take the NRF2, which activates an NRF2 protein. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a little deep, but, um, and then same, I have another one. It's the NRF1, which activates the NRF1 protein and helps um, mitochondrial function from a cellular level, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Everybody knows that, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like it's too deep. Um, and then I take a pre and probiotic, mm -hmm. which is like kind of a no brainer, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like step one. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I take a mushroom blend, which is weird, but um, you know, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what the heck I'm missing. I take a D3, um, a vitamin C. I actually don't even take a multi cause I try to get most of my nutrients from food. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, breakfast, I actually, I do eggs. Um, I do eggs, a handful of blueberries and I'll cut up some potatoes. Um, I intermittent fast. So that's usually by 11. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, usually stop eating around six in the evening and I'll go to 10 or 11 the following day. Do you do like so, a 16 hour daily fast or? Yeah, 16 or 17. I try to go in between, you know, 16, 17, 18 hours. Yeah. Um, but generally 16. Mm -hmm. I think that that's most comfortable and it fits my schedule the best. Um, so I skip lunch because mm -hmm. I've had a decent breakfast and um, dinner, I will eat a vegetable and you know whatever that is um i find that when i am in remission i can kind of eat any vegetable without it bothering my stomach i know a lot of people have trouble with you know broccoli mm -hmm. and um all of that but um and then a grass-fed protein and i try to limit my carb intake um more from like a gluten standpoint mm -hmm. but again i don't find to have a gluten sensitivity and i know that that's kind of different for everybody um and you know what? One thing I forgot to mention mm -hmm. was that we just had, and this goes back to Ashton, but we're all going to do it as a family. Um, we had our mic her microbiome tested. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, have you ever done that? I did, but I didn't really, oh, I can't remember the company, but I got the results and then it was kind of like, okay, well, there's one bacteria that's common in Crohn's disease patients, but, but then it was oh. kind of like, now what do I, now what do I do with it? There wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't one of the companies, and I don't know if there are any that really give you like the next step. It was just kind of like, here's what's in your gut. I'm like, okay, right. well, now what? <laughs> well, this one is, it was really cool. Um, it's called Biome, mm -hmm. um, but it gave us a list of um, foods that basically she has to avoid at mm -hmm. all costs um, that you know, really cause a lot of different gases in her belly, which will cause the pain and create mm -hmm. inflammation and all of that. Um, and there was like broccoli on there, coconut mm -hmm. milk, things that I li literally shoved down all of the kids' throats. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's just her microbiome. But then it gave a list of like superfoods. So, mm -hmm. you know, for her, it was apples were on there, um, dandelion greens, which, you know, that's why I have her drinking dandelion tea because how else are you going to get an eight-year-old mm -hmm. to eat dandelion greens. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think that that's going to be something that we're all going to do just because yeah. I said that, you know, I find that I can eat whatever when I'm not in a flare. Mm -hmm. um, within reason. I mean, yeah. I don't mean like French fries or this yeah. or that. I mean, 
things that we know are healthy for our bodies, I don't limit. Mm -hmm. um, and you and haven't had the Viome done for yourself yet. No. Have you? Because it'd be no, but I'm I would think to compare your results with hers and to see see yes. how much crossover there is or isn't. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing. And, um, you know, there are different bacteria that are common in every Crohn's patient. Um, so it's just limiting the foods that are on that avoid list to try mm -hmm. to help get rid of that bad bacteria and allow the good bacteria to kind of take over. Yeah. So, you know, they say give it three months and kind of and follow that protocol and um, see what happens. So I want to do it too, just because I think it's so insightful. It is. And I've, I've thought about that before because when I did mine, it was years ago. And so they've obviously, the tests have evolved <laughs> in, yes. even in the past six months, they've evolved. But I've, I've often been wondering like, what would it show that, you know, all the foods I've learned over the years that I don't tolerate well, like would those right. line up and match what, you know, the testing right. shows? So. That's kind of the interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's cool. I think it's cool. I it think in even not just, you take bits and pieces, you yeah. know, you don't just, you know, look at that one article and take that, or you look at the microbiome test and just follow that. It's kind of what works for you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that. So tell me a little bit more about your journey. You said the maker's diet was a very instrumental book in getting you on the path. And, and actually it's one of the books I read way early on too. So I'm right there with you. It's an incredible book, but are there any other books that you've read throughout the years or kind of along the way that have also kind of helped to shape and take you where you're at? I mean, I love Dirty Jeans mm -hmm. by Ben Lynch. Mm -hmm. I think that that was a really good one. Um, what am I reading? Oh, you know what? No, I haven't bought it yet. I want, but the medical, anything medical medium, um, yes. highly, highly, highly mm -hmm. recommend. Uh, you know, I never did the celery juicing, but I, I did like reading about it and learning yeah. about <laughs> it. And maybe if I, you know, end up in another flare, I'll, I'll give it a go. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that, those have, that's probably it. Um, it's more just, I don't know. I feel like you want to live as normal a life as possible. Yeah. Um, it's when I am out of remission that I feel like I'm just, that's when I have to kind of really hone in on, mm -hmm. um, you know, what I'm putting in my body. Yeah. I, I noticed the same thing too. I mean, I feel very similar when, when the symptoms start to return and I start to flare up and then all of a sudden I'm just hyper-focused and sensitive on everything that I'm eating or taking and, and when you're feeling good, it's kind of like, well, let's get crazy. What vegetable can I eat today? But <laughs> seriously, yeah. Or like donut. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ended up in another, you know, a flare this past March and that was after um, Christmas, essentially, yeah. you know, the holidays. And we talked about that a little bit just because it's, you know, you want to live a normal life and you yeah. want to bake cookies and like, eat the icing and mm -hmm. sometimes you do and yep. then you have a cup of coffee and, <laughs> and then it all goes downhill. <laughs> that is Literally. Exactly what happens. Same thing happened to me over the holidays. It's like, I'm going to eat everything and anything and then I paid for it. But, <laughs> but it's you annoying just... because you really think that you're like, oh, well, maybe this time yeah. you're not going to end up, you're not going to end up in a flare. I'll be cool. This is fine. And then boom, it hits you. And like, I actually am still kind of recovering from that flare. My stomach feels fine. Now when I flare, it's not usually like I don't really get diarrhea anymore. Mm -hmm. um, 
but just a lot of stomach pain and mm-hmm. fatigue. Um, and I just now noticed that each time I flare, um, you know, the breakdown of like, <laughs> this is little, little TMI, but the breakdown of your, <laughs> it is Crohn's disease. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. And it's common in Crohn's patients, but you have like a breakdown of that linear crack mm-hmm. inside of your crack. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's kind of what happens to me at the end of my flare. That's like the residual symptom mm-hmm. that kind of takes months to go away. So I'm like loading my crack with uh, CB- <laughs> CBD oil <Yeah>. to <laughs> try I, to get rid of that last little symptom. The ling- lingering symptom. I think it's yeah. important for all of us to to recognize that, you know, the symptoms are so different. Like we each, it seems like we each have like, we start to learn what our telltale signs of a flare-up are and they seem to be different for everyone. And, and so it's, I think it's important to recognize that, all right, when I start getting the stomach pains or this happens, like that's when I know I'm, I'm going down a flare-up. And Yes. And, and learning your body. I mean, learning yeah. your body and knowing what it's telling you because I know that when I have that, that first Crohn's pain, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, shoot, here we go. Yeah. So it's like I reel it in. Buckle and I, down. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you try to just kind of figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, people listening are able to kind of learn their body too. And if they haven't already and just figure out what works for them. And that's what I'm trying to teach Ashton. I think that that's like, you know, very, very important for her, especially being so young. I'm hoping that by the time she's you know, of child's bearing years, mm-hmm. she'll know her body enough to where if she chooses to have children that she knows how to get back into remission if yeah. that's something that is a trigger or, you know, the college years when she's going out and, you know, having a social life. We all know that alcohol is terrible for yeah. your body, but <laughs> I just said I make margaritas. So <laughs> I drink wine all the time. <laughs> Exactly. All the time. Yeah. Just kidding. I know. A few, few nights a week. No. Yeah. That's what I tell my doctor. No. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the funny thing too. I think that you said it's Crohn's disease and TMI is just the name of the game. But mm-hmm. um, with Ashton, I feel like she's already annoyed with me asking what her poop looks like. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how was it today? Was it good? Was it big? Yeah. What did it look like? What color was it? And I'm like, don't flush until I get a chance to look. She's probably <laughs> she's like, like, mom. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, she, I, she's already, it's only been about a month and mm-hmm. she really is already picking up on it. I took her out in the grass yesterday because it was the first day that she could get her, get up off the couch really. Mm-hmm. And I got her outside. It was sunny. And I'm like, let's get your feet in the grass. Let's do some grounding. It's good yeah. for inflammation. And you know, just the sun on your body and your mm-hmm. skin. And, um, and you know, later in the evening, we did a FaceTime with my mom. And she's like, oh, nanny, I got outside. I put my feet in the grass today. Mm-hmm. It's really good for you, you know, nan. It's really good for you to get outside and, like, get your feet in the grass. And my mom's <laughs> like, I love my feet in the grass. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so cute that she – she just gets like, she picks up on it. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to be one of those kids. She asked me to meditate the other morning. Wow. Which I think awesome. is, right. I try to do that every day, but 
I mean, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And you certainly don't expect an eight-year-old to. (laughs) But I love that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, we'll sit there. I try. I'm a terrible meditator, but I really do try. (laughs) The trying is what makes a difference. Most people think they're they're doing it wrong, but the simple fact that you're sitting there and you're trying to calm your mind, you're doing it correct. (laughs) Right. And that's what I told her too. I was like, you know, even if we just sit here and listen to the waves crash on the app, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's enough to like kind of take those deep breaths and, um, kind of recenter. It makes a difference. Yeah. How how wonderful. Well, we've covered a lot of topics today. Um, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to share with the audience? I mean, I had like a whole list of things that I wanted to talk about, but I haven't even looked at it. So (laughs) I just kind of went with the flow of the conversation. Hopefully I didn't dilly dally or jump around too much. But I think, I mean, that's it. I think my final, you know, message is just that of hope. And I, I want to inspire others to know that, um, you know, it doesn't really have to be a life of medication or shots or, you know, colonoscopies or whatever it is. And it's okay to use that if, you know, you need to obviously, but you know, I just think it's so important for everybody to learn their body um, and learn the disease itself and what causes it, you know, not just try to cover up the symptoms. It's like, mm-hmm. how do we get to the bottom of my inflammation? Yeah. Because again, what's best for you isn't what's best for me and vice versa. So, um, you know, that's it. I'm just excited that you had me on. I'm excited to have you on. And that was a, a wonderful message, a great great way to end. And just thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I mean, just even hearing it, it's inspiring me to, I want to go back and reread the books and add in new things to my, you know, everyday life. So it is inspiring and thank you. And I know that a lot of people listening will take some inspiration and hope from it too. So thank you so much, Ryan. Awesome. Thank you. It was nice seeing you. It's nice seeing you too. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at crohnsfitnessfood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at crohnsfitnessfood or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.cronesfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.